Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast. Here to amplify diverse voices in media, I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure to follow the podcast on social media at About to Review, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also youtube.com slash About to Review. For full links to the show notes and guests, go to abouttoreview.com. That is also where you will find a support tab, and there are also links in this episode description if you want to support the show. There's a direct PayPal link as well as an Amazon wish list for a couple items that would help out the studio. So this week's episode is going to just be a single movie review episode, and it is going to be brief. Uh, It is going to be brief because A, it is late at night, and B, I am prepping to head up to the Great White North. And by Great White North, I mean kind of great gray, cloudy, north of Vancouver, British Columbia, to cover the Vancouver Short Film Festival yet again. Uh, So that will be coming up this weekend when this episode drops. So definitely follow social media. I will be tweeting about and posting about that festival Uh, All weekend, it is one of my favorite festivals. I love going up to Vancouver. So yeah, you want to make sure to follow the podcast to follow that festival. So this week's episode, the one movie I will be reviewing is Bad Boys for Life. Before we get into that, we'll go into the original theme song created by Damian Randall of Ill-Mannered Media. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Oh, yeah. One other thing. So the voting that I talked about last week or on on last week's episode, that was for the nomination phase of the Renton City Comic Con Geek Awards. I am happy to announce that I am a finalist in the Renton City Comic Con Geek Awards in two different categories. One is for favorite Northwest podcast and one is for Geek of the Year. Not to brag, but I am the reigning champion of Geek of the Year, which I won a couple years ago, the last time Renton City Comic Con had this competition. So that link uh, will be in the episode description as well. So I would love your support on that. Voting goes through the 25th, I think, so only a few more days. So definitely get in there, vote early, vote often if you can. I know the link has been a little bit weird. I apologize about that. I have had a few people reach out to me with some issues. So apologies. If you are having it having any issues and you want to get a hold of me, either do that on social media or about to review at gmail.com. Go ahead and send anything my way there. Uh, but yeah, also Vancouver Short Film Festival is going to be great. Uh, that will be this weekend. So with the one movie review of this episode, Bad Boys for Life, this is the third in the Bad Boys trilogy, a trilogy that we never really thought would happen a trilogy that we never really expected to happen but here we are a quick refresher 
on the Bad Boys franchise. So the first one was in 1995. Second one was in 2003. Those were both directed by Michael Bay, a.k.a. Prince of Explosions himself, or King Explosion, I should say. I think he got promoted recently, King Explosion. Sounds right. This one is not directed by Michael Bay. This is directed by what I actually, I really dig, that they went kind of a different direction with some young up-and-coming directors, uh, Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falah. So these are both young filmmakers who actually met in film school in Belgium, and they're both from Morocco originally, or their families are both from Morocco. Originally, they met in Belgium at this film school and immediately hit it off. This is their fourth feature film, but without a doubt, this is their biggest film. They had some really good festival success with their smaller films, but something like this, not only did you get Will Smith, or not did you, not only are you directing a project with Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, even if it were just one of them, that would be a good get for some young directors. The fact that they got this, and it is the third movie in a franchise that has been going on since 1995 is pretty incredible. So I like that they kind of went off, went out on a limb and got these young directors. One of the biggest stylistic choices that you will notice right off the bat, as much action as there is in this film, in Bad Boys for Life, this was not something that, Michael Bay, this is not the type of Michael Bay action that we are used to, which is a good thing. So, I mean, it had some of its Bay moments, and there is an actual Michael Bay moment in this, in a brief cameo that is kind of clever. But the action of this is just shot very differently than the first two. In the first two, it is these massive explosions all the time, just kind of jarring You just, that is his style, Michael Bay's style in general from the Transformers films and everything else. This one, I I hate to say it takes a more realistic approach, but it kind of does. It feels just a little bit more grounded. It is still hyper, you know, action, but just a little bit more grounded. The film picks up Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett are, you know, older Mike, who is, of course, Will Smith, wants to keep going until the wheels fall off. He never wants to retire, never wants to give it up. He still feels like he is the playboy and the young guy. Whereas Martin Lawrence is like, no, it is time for us to retire. It is time for us to be done. And I like how in the movie they make reference to, you know, their career spanning 25 years which is when the first one came out. So little things like that, I was like, that was clever. You know, and so that was, they kind of talked about how long they had been working together. So of course, with this duo of Mike and Marcus, they have like this cantankerous relationship that they of course just love each other. They are, they are brothers, you know, ride together, die together, bad boys for life. But they really in this one have way more conflict than in the other ones because they really start to recognize the differences in their life and where they want to go in their life after 25 years on the police force. We get to see Marcus's family again. We get to see his daughter who has this amazing scene in the second one 
that is just one of the best moments of the whole franchise is in Bad Boys 2 when Reggie comes to pick her up for a date. Love that scene. It is a classic scene. So in this one, Marcus's daughter is having a child and he is now a grandpa. And it really starts to put things in perspective throughout the entire movie. Whereas you have Mike, you know, the consummate playboy and everything like that, still thinking that that is who he is. And it was like, bro, give it up. Like you are at an age and stage. Like there is no reason to kind of prove who you are anymore because everybody in the police force knows him. He is this legendary cop. So that, you know, he already has his legacy, but he wants his legacy to continue versus Marcus, who was like, nope, had my legacy. I want to be done. So towards the very beginning, not towards, in the very beginning of this film, there is this dramatic accident in which Mike gets severely wounded, and that serves as the catalyst for the rest of the film. The protagonists in this, obviously, we know them, we love them. I love seeing Joe Pantaleone in this. He looks great. The wig game is great. He looks exactly like he did in the other ones, which is a, a just solid. 25 years later, looks great. But the antagonist in this, we get this mysterious Mexican cartel. And it is led by Kate Del Castillo is the actress and her character's name. Uh, let me scroll down IMDb because I forgot to write it down. Uh, Isabel, Isabel Aretas. And she is this, you know, mobster and gang leader. So is her husband. Her husband died. She took it over uh, as well as her her son, Armando. They want to take back Miami from whoever was ruling it before. But we never really know, A, kind of who was ruling it before. B, when they take it over, and it's not a spoiler, it literally isn't like the first interaction we see them in. We never really get to know what type of cartel it is. Is it guns? Is it drugs? Is it people? Is it real estate deals? Like, we have no idea. All we know is that they are this really powerful cartel with really only two people, which is Isabel and Armando, the mother and son. I never really got a grand scope of what they were trying to do other than this kind of generic revenge plot, which, sure, take revenge. That is very typical of, of this mobster, gangster genre. But in the meantime, there's this whole thing of like, you know, we're taking back Miami from who and why and what are you doing? So that was just kind of a weird little plot device that could easily have been fixed. But I was just not sure kind of why. Uh, Armando, who is this young, super quick, super athletic, you know, he is the one that gets sent to Miami to take back, you know, Miami, a ruthless killer. <laughs> like in his first interaction, we see him kill like five dudes without really breaking a sweat. And again, it comes back to that different type of action style that the two directors of this, Bilal and Adil, like that that they do. They kind of use, so it is a filmmaking technique called undercranking. A normal film is shot at 24 frames per second when you undercrank something, which is usually done in action movies. Jackie Chan definitely used it back in the day. 
where you film at like 23, maybe 22, but no more than like 21 frames per second because then it looks too obvious. Then when you play it back at normal 24 frames per second, the action is just a couple beats faster. So a person can move a little bit faster. That punch that they were going to throw snaps a little bit more. They used that technique a lot in this film, but not so much where it was it was super distracting, but it was definitely super noticeable. In that opening scene where we see Armando, you know, attack, not, a, well, yeah, attack and murder, you know, the current gang in Miami that we do not know about nor care about, he does it with this knife and all of his movements it is shot really well as far as the the action, but that undercranking makes it so that he moves almost like it is like a Marvel movie where he has a little bit of superhuman DNA or like a little bit extra where just the way his body moves in those moments. We see that again in kind of the penultimate showdown in this, you know, really well choreographed fight scene, you know, between some characters. But that undercranking is a technique where you can utilize it and it can work, but it can start to get a little samey. Uh, the, the opposite of that technique is overcranking. So that is something where you shoot at a much higher frame rate and then play it back and it is slow motion. Things like bullet time, you know, and Matrix use that technique. So those are kind of the two sides of that filmmaking technique, two sides of that coin. So in this movie, we get obviously this showdown, you know, and we get a little bit of history between uh, Isabel and Will Smith's character, Mike Lowry. But ag again, the, the plot of this is not that in depth. And there's a lot of areas that could be explored that I think would have been interesting to explore without using a lot of exposition, like just a little bit more. So it is a very generic plot. But after that accident of Mike's in the beginning, that kind of forces, not necessarily forces, but Marcus is unable to enjoy his retirement because he was like, okay, uh, yep, time for me to be done because my partner, you know, is just not in a place to do anything. So I'm just going to retire. When Will Smith gets better, he then again wants to go full bore, 100%. And Marcus is not really ready to do that again. So, again, the drama between these two, it still works. The humor between these two, it still works. The love they have for each other, it still works. There's a really funny scene. One of probably the funniest scenes in the film, it is one of the trailers where they go to therapy. Essentially, they go to couples therapy in this film. And, you know, they're just griping at each other. They're snapping at each other. And the therapist was like, why not just stop working together? Like, what? Why would I do that? No way. We love each other. We ride together. We die together. Bad boys for life. So they have this, this love for each other, this brothership, this family connection, this kinship. At the same time, just like with a lot of us, those same familial bonds can be very uh, intense, we shall say, at moments. So, I mean, again, there's not really too much more to the plot than what I said before. Generic action plot, a cartel wants to get revenge on the cops in Miami, and one of them wants to retire, one of them does not go. I mean, that that is 
kind of it, but they really, throughout the movie, they fight for friendship, for lost love, for age, for career. Like, they're really kind of battling a few different things on a few different fronts. Uh, but definitely a shout-out to Kate Del Castillo. She is solid. I like her as the antagonist. I wish they had given her a little bit more to do. They rely on this kind of uh, Santa, Santarina, like, mysticism, you know, Mexican religious voodoo type of angle. But again, it does not really go anywhere. It does not really do anything. It leads to a couple funny moments, and Marcus has a you know a couple jokes about it. But that is kind of it. You know, they talk about how weird she is, and she is a witch and everything. And we get, you know, while they say that, we get scenes of her in Mexico City doing stuff around some, you know, idols and some offer and offerings. But then it just kind of goes nowhere. What really surprised me, so Jacob Cipio, who plays her son, Armando, who again is the gang leader, you know, the badass, the young guy who just, you know, can beat anybody, kill anybody, you know, snipe somebody from very far distances. Where he got that training? Yep, we never know. How did he become such a good fighter? Yeah, we never know. But he is, and he is there. So when I was doing my research on this, I pulled up, you know, a couple interviews with with Kate Del Castillo, just kind of hear more about her. I pulled up an interview with Jacob Sapio, just kind of hear about him. Little to my, not little to my surprise, that does not make sense, much to my surprise. As soon as he started talking, he has this thick English accent. That really surprised me. Kate is, I mean, she has been known in Mexico for decades. Has a really, really solid body of work. One of the movies she was in is like the largest Spanish Spanish language film in that ever premiered in the U.S. So she definitely has her chops. Like Mexico loves her. You know, the certain audiences here who know of her work really like her. Jacob Subio is a young actor, has not really done much. Plays this Mexican cartel member. And then I hear him speak and I was like, oh, that was not what I was expecting. So kudos to him. His accent did not slip at all. So not only was he doing, you know, an English, an American accent, I say American, an English accent as in when he is speaking English, but he also speaks Spanish in this. And his tone when both he speaks Spanish and English with a Mexican accent, it was solid. I would say his Spanish was a little bit more rough than maybe his English with the with the tones and with some of the the dialect parts. But still, like kudos to him. Like the fact that his regular speaking voice was so much different than his acting voice and it worked. So that was pretty that was pretty great. Um yeah, the other kind of I mean there is this ragtag group of young police officers who are essentially trying to take over from the old guys. I mean, they they were they were funny. They were definitely they played into some tropes, played into some gags. But this one, this third movie does not really have as many, I will say, cuz there were a couple, but as many memorable moments like the second one, especially, but also the first one. In my opinion, the second one of these is the best. It has the most memorable moments. They felt more comfortable in the characters. Like, everything just worked better in the second one. We still get those moments here, but just not really as as much. So, 
that was kind of a little bit of a negative on the film, but it was still funny. If you're going into Bad Boys for Life, you know what you are getting into. It is going to be silly. It is going to be funny with some solid action. Done. One thing I will say, though, and Bad Boys 4 has already been greenlit on the success of this film. They kind of, I want to say messed up the marketing for this one, not knowing how successful it would be. This is the third film of the franchise, and it is Bad Boys for Life. They definitely could have used that title for the fourth movie, and it would make way more sense. So I'm throwing out a prediction right now that that inevitable fourth one, maybe like Bad Boys Forever or something silly like that that will still make sense. The way that this movie ends, and it is kind of a mid credit scene, so if you do go see this, stay through that little mid credit scene. There's kind of this, uh, to not spoil anything, but kind of this like Avengers Initiative type of scenario that could could make things interesting in the next one. So, uh, yeah, that kind of wraps it up. It, it is a solid action movie with funny moments and a decent cast of characters. Again, those young cops, they get some moments. They get some funny things to do. And that is about it. But, uh, yeah, the rating system for this podcast, if this is your first episode that you are listening to, first, thank you for listening. Uh, second, there are only three choices. No letter grades, no stars. The three choices are good, bad, or ugly. A good film is something you would recommend to a friend. Bad film is something you came out of the theater, did not really wow you or anything. It was just a movie. Ugly, avoid at all costs. Bad Boys for Life, starring Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, and a host of other people. Uh, this gets a good. I say that like not super enthusiastically, but I enjoyed it. It was fun. I like these characters. I have liked these characters since 1995 when I saw the first one. And it is good seeing them now kind of in their adult years of being like, no, man, time, time to hang it up. Time to just be done. So, but yeah, so it gets a good from me. If you are a fan of the franchise, go and see it. If you like action movies, you can you maybe could wait to watch it at home. There are definitely some big explosions, some big chase scenes, but not to the Michael Bay level. So to me, that kind of means you can watch it at home without really losing too much of it. So, yep, that was it. That was this week's episode. Uh, again, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Subscribe on, I always say subscribe. <laughs> Follow the podcast on social media at About to Review, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, youtube.com slash about to review, and about to review.com if you want to support the show. There are links in the episode description right below, right here. You can just click on that, buy something from the Amazon wish list. That would be great. Uh, I am running low, a little bit low on pens at the moment. Uh, so just throw that out there. If somebody wants to help out and get some of my favorite pens, that would be amazing. Uh, there's also a PayPal link. So if you did want to you know, send a dollar, that would be amazing. Uh, also, there will be a link for the upcoming Vancouver Short Film Festival, which I will be at this weekend. If any of my Vancouver filmmaker friends are listening to this, definitely hit me up. We'll find some time to schedule an interview if you are showing a film that weekend. I would love to talk to you. So that wraps it up for the third time that I say that. For this week's episode, as always, I have been your host, that guy named John. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. 
Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.